Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Max Potential Habits. I'm curious if you've ever heard of adult bullying. I hadn't, and I'm really excited for us to talk about this today. We have on expert guest Roshana Price, who is known as the giver of awesomeness and has written a book called Be a Giver of Awesomeness. And we're going to talk about all things mindset coaching, as we usually do. We're bringing really incredible topics to you with actionable strategies. Roshana is certified in John Maxwell's work, uh, is a team member, and she really likes to help people promote self-awareness and growth. And she, uh, pre-show, we talked about how she loves to work with people on conflict resolution and then adult bullying. And I thought, wow, that's fascinating. No one has ever brought this to the table here. So let's dive in and see what unfolds. Thanks for coming to the show today, Roshana. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. This is exciting because there's so many things that you said just pre-show that I'm really curious to learn more about. Um, first, let's go with what's a quote that you live by or love that you'd like to share with the NFA crew? Uh, so no one is coming to save you, save yourself. Ooh, nice. That's, that's what's on my mirror in my bathroom and I'm in the office, I'm like pointing over there because it's on a piece of paper. And that's the quote that I live by because so often and I myself at one point in time was like, somebody helped me, somebody saved me. Like I, I'm waiting for someone. And then I realized like, no one's coming to save you, save yourself. You're yeah. fully equipped to do that. Yeah. yeah. It's so empowering. It's, it's one of those scary quotes where you kind of go like, oh crap, no one's coming to save me. And at the same time, like, oh yay, I'm the one who gets to save myself. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's a real, we're, we're uh, yeah. I'll go for it. I was just going to say like, especially as, as a young woman, uh, and when we look at movies and videos and all these things, there's always this like knight in shining armor that's going to come save, or there's like this cal- calvary of people. And that's great. And sometimes that happens. And then other yeah. times that doesn't happen. So you have to save yourself. Yeah. I like this idea too, that it's often that we need to ask for help. And, and we're, you know, it's like part of that where we go like saving yourself is part of asking for help. Mm-hmm. So again, it's no one's just going to come and save and rescue you without you leaning into the need for that. Or even, you know, it's, it's like a magnetism thing, right? I think about the co-created realities that we have. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I love it's the that. awareness of like, oh, wait, I need saving. Yeah. Uh, and then it's, you can save yourself or ask for help. Maybe there is someone who's waiting to help you, save you, to resource you in some way. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, that's interesting because it, it we'll just dig here for a second and then we'll, we'll yeah, keep going. I'm, good. <laughs> I'm, thinking, I'm thinking about, um, you know, when we have that mentality that we need to be really tough and strong. And so it's, it is, it, you know, I think girls are conditioned not to ask for help because we've got it all together emotionally and even, and guys too. I mean, guys really aren't conditioned to ask for help. It's like the socialization yeah. of like, you need to be tough and strong and have it all figured out. But then I think women also, because they tend to be the emotional caregivers can often also not know how to ask for help. It's like, oh, I can take it on. I can be super mom. I can be super business person. And, and then it's, it, so there's that asking for help piece, but it's going, I need to be the one who rescues me at all points in time in that radical responsibility approach. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then it's, yeah. yeah, 
Yeah, the radical responsibility of knowing that it's here, it's in here, it's inside, it's it's something that you can do. And in the doing, sometimes it is saying, I need help. Yeah. Cup overflows. My plate is like out yeah. of control. There's right, or or even sometimes the saving yourself is going, no, no, I can't do that. No, I can't be a part of that. Like yeah. I can't, I can't help you with your stuff. I got my own stuff. You know, not yeah. that I don't love you, but I gotta love you from afar because right now. If yeah. I love you, there's only, I only have so much. And that that's, and sometimes that's a hard thing for people. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that when you learn to save yourself, it's part of the personal power where you learn boundaries and, yes. and it's impossible. Like you'll drown if you say yes to everything. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. It's a miserable place, miserable place to be. I know it personally, me too. Uh, because you, when you, <laughs> yeah. And you look around and you're like, how did I get here? And like, I didn't, my, my life is filled with stuff that I really don't even want to do. And people that I really don't like that much, but I felt obligated. And, yeah. 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 Mine was so bad. I used to dislike it when people would ask me or invite me to things because I would feel so obligated to say yes, that I would, I would just avoid having people invite me because I couldn't say no. And then I'd be resentful because my plate was overloaded. And then I, you know, it was like, I would be overwhelmed. And it's just such an interesting thing to be able to, you know, in that, if we said like the bubble of saving yourself is saying, learning to say no, learning when to say yes, learning to ask for help if you need it, which is all you stepping up in that personal empowerment way. Um, which I know you love to do that self-awareness and growth. So, so let's dig there a little bit, how it sounds like you've, I don't know anything about your history. So I'm so curious, you know, how you stepped into this type of coaching and working with John Maxwell's team. So I actually started working with John Maxwell's team when I was working, I used to work in public education and I was leading a large team in human resources and wanting to find common language of leadership. And so I was very fortunate and blessed to be able to get certified so that I could use that work in the work that I was doing in the school system, leading and growing the HR team and then growing other leaders. Mm-hmm. And then what I found was I had been leading from a coaching perspective all along, like that's my natural style. And it was just a really good fit. And then there became a time when in my career, there was a leadership change and the leadership shift created a really hostile and unhealthy work environment for me where I found myself being bullied, where I found myself having high blood pressure, headaches, stomach aches, all the signs of stress and anxiety. And so I really needed to pull away and choose myself. That's how I like to describe it. It wasn't, I loved the work and I loved the people that I worked with some more than others. And ultimately I realized that I worked for a type of boss that I like to classify as a minimizer. Mm. Say more. Let's hear what that means to you. Yeah. So I define a minimizer as people that get joy out of making you feel small. And it's like a drug. It's like a high. It starts off small. And for me, it started off very small and private, like one-on-one. And then it started escalating into meetings. And then the final the last time I ever saw this person, I was actually in a cubicle setting and they were rude and obnoxious and, and just a poor example of leadership. And after that was over, colleagues were apologizing on my boss's behalf for the way that I was being spoken to and treated. And I knew then I was like, I can't be a part of this. 
Yeah. I just can't yeah. be a part of this picture of leadership because people do what people see, whether they're aware of it or not. And yeah. when, and especially in an environment where leadership is doing one thing, it just gives people permission to act inappropriate or say and do things that are inappropriate. And so I was like, well, I, I want the team to be successful. And ultimately at that point, my body was breaking down from all of the stress of it anyway. And so I went out on medical leave and then resigned and started my own coaching and consulting business. Wow. That's huge. How, how did that moment feel for you? It was amazing. Oh gosh. It was to say, I'm going to choose myself is it's powerful. It, 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 I mean, I'm not a bird. I don't fly, but it's probably that feeling of like (laughs) soaring, or if you've ever ridden a bike and you close your eyes and you just kind of let your hands go, it's that sense of freedom. Yeah. Like I'm doing this and how now I'm like, Oh, three years later, all the people, all the places I'm like, yeah, yeah. It was the best thing ever. And I'm actually grateful for that minimizer bully boss because yeah. I learned a lot. All of the things that they said and did to me, I spent time writing it down because I didn't want it to swirl in my head. You mm-hmm. know, when you're like replaying the story over and over again. So because of that, I ended up breaking down the language patterns and finding so many hidden gifts and talents that I didn't that I I didn't know I had. It's like I was just doing them. I was just showing up that way and they were causing a lot of conflict and strife because I was winning at a game I didn't even know I was playing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I love happens. I love how that happens where, you know, when we look back at the events and the people that we interact with to to show us the parts of ourselves that we haven't owned yet. Yeah. And it's like yeah. it just turns into a huge gift and you go, "Oh, thank you minimizing boss for I mean, yeah. and really it sounds like really paved the way for even the book you wrote and, you know, what you're doing mm-hmm. in your work world now." in your career world and an entrepreneurial path. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, Did you, so I'm curious to you, will will you talk a little bit about adult bullying? I think it's a great lead in because it sounds like that's where you started to formulate that concept. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I have an engineering background by trades and degrees, uh, industrial and systems engineering. And so I used to work for General Mills. I've made a ton of products and worked with great people. And one of the things about being an engineer, having that mindset and that, that skill set is solving the problem. And so in the beginning, when the behaviors first started, I was internalizing them, which was why I was getting very sick because I was like, I can fix this. Like I can be better. I'm educated. Like I'm strong. Kind of like what we started talking about. Like I can do this. Like there's, there's got to be a way to solve this problem and I can be better or different. And I found myself spending a lot of time trying to be better and then that wasn't good enough and then trying to be different and that wasn't good enough. And then when I was able to step away and really walk out not only those events but starting to see the pattern in my life, I realized, oh, this pattern's existed in my life and it's existed in several people as I started asking questions. People that are bullied at work and the bullying can be snarky comments it can be someone taking your work and presenting it as their own when you're on a project and then make, and then the other people making you feel bad for asking the questions like, Hey, that was my idea. And they're like, 
well, we were all working together. Why are you getting so upset? You know, and then before you know it, if this has ever happened, especially if you're listening out there, you start to question, well, yeah, well, maybe I am being the one, right? Because because in your mind, when when the situation happens and you're unsure, or if you're like, yes, this is my work, and but somebody questions it, sometimes when you're unsure, it just makes you take a step back. And that's what adult bullying looks like. It's these nuances of behavior that over time, many people will say, well, this is just how it is. This is how they are. This is what it means to be in a competitive environment, or this is what it means to be successful as you climb the corporate ladder. And ultimately, any of the bullying characters, I like to call them awesomeness stealers, are people that come into our lives, they see the gift, they see the talent, and then they use it against you in some way, shape or form. They use it for their advantage. And often it happens to people because they don't know that they have the gift or talent because they've just been doing life this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've been great at interviewing. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm curious then, like, do you see it as a pattern for people? Like, let's say you're in a position where you are being bullied in some, in a work relationship or environment. Yeah. Is it a patterned thing that you notice for people? Like they would have a, that going on until they decide to rescue themselves and go, I'm not going to put up with this anymore. Mm-hmm. One of two things happen. Either people decide to stand up and and say, wait a minute, this is I don't want to be treated this way. I don't want to be spoken to this way, or you're doing this. Sometimes for some, some of the bullies, that's the only picture of leadership they know. Mm-hmm. And so they don't know to do it differently. When someone calls them on it, they're able to make a shift. Other people don't, they, they keep it hidden. Mm-hmm. Their confidence starts to be eroded. Mm-hmm. 60% of people that are bullied at work leave the excuse me, leave their jobs in some way, shape or form. Either they resign, yep, or they end up having to be moved or they quit. And that affects not only those people and their families, that that affects organizations as well. And so the, those are tend to be the two things, either people stay and stand up and there's some type of reconciliation and awareness or people's confidence is eroded, which could lead to job loss in some way. Hmm. Okay, so people stay. Yeah, yeah, I'm curious. Yeah. I mean, it makes so much sense to me because it's, it, you know, I look at it as a relationship dynamic and kind of a, along those lines of not being able to say no or not really knowing mm-hmm. your full worth or power. And then, you know, I often look at it as the energetics of like the universe is bringing something to you to help you wake up to loving yourself and owning your power. So it's like bringing you this person to help you speak up or to help you shift the, even sometimes by leaving, you know, I think sometimes yeah. the lesson is to leave. And and that could be like in a relationship or in a business or in a job you don't like or something along those lines. But, you know, you were talking earlier about how you, you know, you kept, you, you were kind of morphing yourself trying to go like, oh, I could do better. And then this will change, or I could Mm -hmm. shift something, but really for you, the ultimate growth was to leave the situation. So could you talk a little bit about that? Like for people who are listening, if they're stuck in, a, in, let's say any environment where they're having this interpersonal dynamic, what are some tips to help them shift in a new direction? Yeah, so the first thing is if you find yourself in this position, go ahead and start paying attention to the time, like literally the hands on the clock because time is a great indicator of you discovering your awesomeness, your gift or your talent. When time is moving really quickly, when an hour feels like 10 minutes, you're in that moment. 
you're in that sweet spot of a gift. And when you find that you're in that sweet spot, if someone, it doesn't matter who they are, what their title is, is talking about you because of it, is making you feel bad because you're in that sweet spot, you may have an awesomeness steal or bully in your life. And if when you're in that sweet spot, it's what you love and you can continue to do it where you are and you can neutralize this person in some way, shape or form by having a conversation with them, by making them aware, then stay. However, if you get to a point where you're in that sweet spot and they're still coming for you and your fear of staying gets bigger than your fear of leaving, it's time to allow your awesomeness, that gift, that talent to be positioned in the right environment. And leaving could be the best thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I think that's one of the hard parts for people. It's like to, because especially when you're a driven person who's growth minded and you think you always think like, well, especially if you're taking a radical responsibility approach, because you can go like, well, I can, if I work on me, I can change this. It can get better. But then there is sometimes that moment where you recognize, I mean, to me, I always go, you can't change other people. You know, you can change other people through you changing the relationship dynamic. So the outcome might be different because you decide to show up and have the conversation or show up and say, I'm not willing to be treated this way. Show up and say, here's my gifts and what I bring to the table. If you're not going to honor it, I'm leaving. But it's like, you know, it's kind of, it's such a, it can be a really challenging dynamic. And I say this because it used to be how I operated. (laughs) You know, it was like, let me morph myself in every way possible to make sure you're happy, even though I'm completely suffering inside. And it was such a gift to shift out of that. And so I love that you're bringing this to the table because I think it's something that a lot of people struggle with. Yeah, it's it's a hard thing when it's happening at work. It's also a hard thing when it happens in families. Mm-hmm. So one of the, I love the, the, one of the characters, one of the awesomeness dealers that people encounter a lot in families, I call the penalizer. And so these are people that withhold access and emotion as a way to control you. And so that looks like the cold shoulder. It looks like the silent treatment. It looks like the short words that happen in a couple of examples. So in the holidays are coming up. And, and so when people are around family, sometimes this happens, especially if they're a driven person that has dreams that go beyond, well, we've always lived in this city. Well, you wanna move where? Well, I, okay, I guess, sure. I'm not sure if I'm going to come visit you. And then all of a sudden there's this apprehension and we don't think of that as bullying. Right. However, anytime you're with a bully or if you've encountered an awesomeness dealer and you start to turtle, you start to shrink back or like, oh, I'll just hide or I won't share as much. You know, you've encountered someone who's taking or stealing a little bit of that gift that you have. Mm hmm. Yeah. So in that situation, what do you recommend to people? What I recommend is first, especially if they're family members, the only reason they're doing that is because you're in a position where you're pursuing the goal or the thing is creating an uncomfortableness because of of their limiting belief or their limited limited scope of the world. So you have to keep going. It's kind of like breaking through the barrier Um, that's how I like to think about it. So ultimately when they're withholding access and emotion, it is hurtful. You have to own those feelings because it can feel like a sense of loss and still focus on the thing that you gain by moving forward. 
which is if you want the if you want to move and that's what's best move if you want to go do if that's what's best go because you teach yourself to trust yourself mm-hmm. and that's where the gift comes in and that's what i talk to people about that's the the best advice i can give is when the moment comes it's coming to teach you how to trust yourself in the things that you really want yeah ooh let's dig there because i think that self trust is something where in my definition of confidence, it's to know, love and trust yourself. And, and to me, that's huge because that trust piece, if you don't trust yourself, your confidence is completely eroded because you look to other people to make the decisions for you and Mm -hmm. to kind of shape and guide your world. And that's when you're going to get into that morphing of self habit in a big way, which I know these things so well, because it used to just really be me. (laughs) I love it. I love this conversation. Um, So how, how do people learn to trust themselves? Like in those moments when they're noticing that things are off, how do they, what can they do to strategically start to develop the habit of self-trust? Yeah. So if things are off and it's like maybe stomach is starting to turn or they're starting to sweat or heart is racing, the first thing to do is to think about trust from a two ways, like it's a front door and a back door. So you can approach the person from the front and say, what's going on? Why are you acting this way? And be very frontward facing with it. Mm-hmm. You can also trust yourself by doing the back door approach. Think about if you went through a house and went through the back door, walked out and then kind of came around and peeked to see, oh, they're standing on the porch. I know who they are. I can see them. When you think about approaching someone or a situation from the side, you can literally position yourself to step aside. So they're in their moment, they're saying and doing whatever. If you trust yourself enough, you may decide I'm gonna actually step away, walk around back and approach it from the side of, I see them acting this way and I'm gonna allow them to have their moment and I'm gonna keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. So that's how I help people think through trust is, there's two ways, it's forward, it's the situation is knocking on the door. You can answer it and be like, let's talk about it. Or here it is. Or you can be like, you know what? I'm going to go out the back door, go around, see it from a different perspective and know like they're over there having their moment. And, and this isn't for me, actually, I'm going to keep moving forward. Yeah. I like this. So it's, it's really about having that conversation with yourself and knowing like, am I going to directly address mm-hmm. this or am I going to kind of take an observational curiosity stance and, and expand my perspective around it? So then that I can make a choice that's going to empower me to be more trusting of myself. Exactly. To be, yes, because ultimately if, if especially depending on who the person is or how the situation unfolds, the direct approach it may feel brave and it can do damage, Mm -hmm. right? Like, well, I did it and I said something and it didn't go well. So I won't ever do that again. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're not always going to get the result you want by directly confronting people. (laughs) That's right. That's right. And so having the, having the trust in, okay, I'm going to answer the door and it could go really bad and I'm, I'm good either way when you then do it. And, or if you're like, you know what, I don't know how this is going to go. And ultimately I know what I want next. Mm-hmm. is important because when you know what you want next, you, you may go, no, you know what? I'm actually going to step away from the door, go out back, look at this situation and go, this one isn't even worth it. Yeah. 
Go be yeah. Oh, this is juicy. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about being a giver of awesomeness because to me, it sounds like I, I don't know yet. I'm so excited. I actually, it's funny because I knew that that was your title and I had read your stuff and thought, Ooh, this, you'll be a great person to have on, but I hadn't realized that it was actually a book. So will you give listeners some of the big tips about how to be a giver, giver of awesomeness? Yes. So be a giver of awesomeness is three things. First you discover the first part of understanding how to be a giver of awesomeness is first discovering all of the gifts and talents, the natural ways that you show up. And some of the worst situations in our lives teach us that. It's like, this happened to me, this chose me. It could be, I recently had a friend who uh, was killed by her husband due to domestic violence. And one of the things that that situation showed me is the understanding that before, maybe four months leading up to all of that, my ability to love and care for her while she was trying to figure out what her next steps were gonna be. It's only a situation that really, I mean, I, I'm a kind person and I do well, do right by people, but when you're walking with someone in that type of a moment, there's things that you learn about yourself that only those types of moments can give. Mm -hmm. Same thing if you've ever been laid off from a job or, or had someone really tear you down and you have to build yourself back up. Those are the moments when you can discover like, oh, this is what I'm really made for. This is what I'm really here for. Mm -hmm. So that's the first part of the book is all the ways in which you have to discover your awesomeness. Because when you discover it, the middle part is all about guarding it. Because you have to guard it because it's the most precious parts of who we are. And sometimes when we don't know what these precious parts are, people take advantage of them. That's where the bullies come in. That's where the, what the, one of the concepts I talk about is the tarnish effect. So just like sterling silver, it, sits, it can sit in a china cabinet and it'll still tarnish because it's not being used. Our gifts and talents are the same way. And when we bring sterling silver out and we use it because it's exposed to air and because it's being used, it will also tarnish. And so being careful who's using our gifts and talents, our awesomeness is critical. So you have to guard it. So that's the whole middle section. And I talk about the tarnish effect. And then there are five awesomeness feelers that I call bullies that we have to know their behavior because when you know someone's behavior, you can decide what you do with it. Mm. and what it means, what it means for you, not to you, what it means for you. Yeah. Will you give us a, a quick summary of the five types? Sure. Yep. So the first is the deceiver and a deceiver intentionally holds back information as a way to control you. So these are people that like a great example is you're working with somebody on a project and you think, oh, I know everything about this project and we're working together. We're collaborating yet there's a whole nother piece or part that they're not telling you about because they don't need you to know that or they don't want you to know that because they know that if you know more, you'll do more and then you'll be more. So they try to deceive you. The next is the hoarder and hoarders see your gift and talent and they don't want anyone else to have it. I see this a lot when I work with human resource professionals that are, that are guiding managers through the hiring process and they don't wanna let talented people go. This happens a lot where it's like, but I need you. You have to stay, stay in this role. And people are like, but I want to progress. I want to move on. So they're hoarding that talent. Mm -hmm. 
We talked about the minimizer earlier. They get joy out of making you feel small. The penalizer, they withhold that access and emotion. And then the last one is the taker. And takers infringe on our moments of joy and make us feel bad about something good. Think about the last time you were, were acknowledged or you got some type of award and it was like, yes, Dr. Amanda, you're amazing. And you called someone who you thought was gonna celebrate and they were like, you always get so many awards. I've been working so hard. And then before you know it, you're like, uh, 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 like you're apologizing. You're like, I'll share, like, it's going to happen for you. And you're yeah. like picking this person up. <laughs> well, it, we in those moments, you end up minimizing yourself because you want, don't want to outshine other people, you know, yes, yeah. which is the turtling. Yeah. Anytime all of these bullies and awesomeness stealers, you know, you've encountered them when you start to turtle in some way. When you're like, I won't ever say that. I'll just keep it to myself. I won't go there. And you start to play small. Yeah. Uh, powerful stuff. I mean, these are these interpersonal dynamics. I, these are the things that have really changed my life. You know, I love the way you've categorized it because it's just so clear and easy, good analogies to follow. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think one of the biggest growth edges I've had in the last several years, I'd say three, four years now of diving into personal growth and development work is are these parts. I started my journey into coaching through codependency, learning about codependency. And uh. it was all of these parts where it was like, oh, wow, I really just would completely I see the world through the lens of other people and try to know how to please them the best so that they could be happy. And then somehow I would be happy, which of course never worked, <laughs> but I had a lot of these issues going on. And so as I've learned, you know, now one of my trigger, one of my symptoms that will come up that I know I'm out of alignment is if I ever feel resentful or if I start to feel myself hiding in that way, like turtling, you know, I go, yes. something's out of alignment here. This relationship isn't win-win. This mm -hmm. is an indicator that something needs to be said. I need to shift because they're not going to change. It, they might, but I can't control that. I can only control myself, right. you know? So I step in and just, I speak up and I go, you know, Hey, I wanted to give you some feedback about this. You know, mm -hmm. I noticed that when I shared my victory with you, you actually weren't really celebrating with me. And instead, you know, I noticed, are you jealous? Are you feeling mad? Are you scared? Like what's going on here? Because this doesn't feel good to me. And, and to just be able to say those things has been such a huge, huge shift. Huge. Say them and then yeah. step back and watch and listen yeah. to what people are doing and saying, because ultimately what people say is who they want to be. Yeah. What they do is who they are. And sometimes that gap is too far. Yeah. And it's like, you know what? I got to go and give my awesomeness somewhere else. I got to go. Which oh, is you you got to say that again. That was a mic dropper. Say that again. What people say, say it again. What, yeah, sure. What people say is who they want to be. What they do is who they are. Yeah. And sometimes big. that gap, that sometimes that gap is one that even through love and patience, it's like, yeah. I, I can't continue to stay here with you. I have yeah. to move on. Yeah. Because you to. can't, you, for me, you, you know, the love or relationship realm, it was always being, falling in love with people's potential. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> right. It's like, yes. you can't do that because people, what they, how they show up now might be how they show up forever. 
So don't let yourself, and it, and I could say this for, you know, in relationship or with, with jobs or with career paths, like, you know, in, in entrepreneurship, of course, you're, I think part of the entrepreneurial mindset is that you are falling in love with the potential of the income and the impact that you can make, but Mm -hmm. you're in control of that because it's your business. It's not another person that you're trying to shape into the potential. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It's within your control versus looking at someone going, oh, but they could be great. Yeah. Cause you can't hang your whole future on there could be. I, yeah. I actually, uh, I didn't talk him out of it, but like, I kind of told my cousin the same thing about a girlfriend and they are not together anymore. Cause I was yeah. like, people don't live up to their potential their whole lives. You're talking about marrying this person. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Some, some people, some people change dramatically in one life and some people don't change at all. And some people regress. <laughs> Right. Right. So yeah, you gotta, yes, absolutely. Being able to understand the gap is the first thing. Yeah. Because then you can decide, okay, I'm in it because I I'm going to help them close the gap or we're committed to working together in that way. And other times you have to bless and release or pivot, or I like to call it the, that is the give part of the book, which is all about, you know what? I have this gift and I have this talent and I'm going to give it to the great places and spaces and people and all the things that I, that, that you or I are like, these, this is good ground. This is good soil. These are good people. And I want to do that. I want to share my awesomeness here. So powerful. Thank you. These are, these are incredible insights and perspectives. And, And I'm sure your book gives a lot of, does it give a lot of strategies? Yeah, it gives strategies. There's questions at the end of each section uh, so that people can really start to think about, oh, this is happening to me or this has happened to me because identifying the behavior, especially in the first part, like what do I do well? What do people say? The reason I trademarked the phrase giver of awesomeness isn't because I was like, so cool. It was really because people were saying, oh my gosh, Roshana, you're amazing. You rock. You're outstanding. You're such a giver. And as I was looking to like update my LinkedIn profile, I was like, who am I supposed to be in this world? Like what's, yeah. is, is there a title? I mean, I have coaching, right? Like I've got a whole bunch of commas as to what I am and can, you know, titles and all of that. And I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do and be? Yeah. And giver of awesomeness came based on what other people say. People will tell you who you are and the great things that you do if you really listen. Yeah. Even the bullies, even the bullies will tell you. Yeah. Yeah. That's fascinating. It's so true. Uh, Oh, good stuff. Okay. Let's, let's talk business tips for a few minutes. I mean, these are business tips in that interpersonal dynamics to me. I mean, every relationship you have in your business is going to affect you. So if you're, if you want to be a giver of awesomeness and really, you know, I'd say, what are the words I want to use here? Know, know what's happening when someone is a stealer of awesomeness so that you yes. can decide how to move forward. I mean, mm-hmm. those are huge gifts in building a business with those inter- interpersonal dynamics. Will you share for you some of the points along your journey of building your business? So you said you're three years into being full-time coach. Okay. Yeah, three years. Will you, will you share like what you've learned in that journey? Like what are, what, what's a big mistake that you've made that you could share with listeners? And then, you know, something about uh, if, you know, if you could go back day one and tell yourself what you know now, what would it be? Oh yes. So good. Okay. So the first thing I'll talk about is like a big thing that I just really had to learn. I had to learn that I don't think like everyone else and that that's valuable. 
So one of the things that I do really well is take what someone is saying, their ideas, and I help, I'm very good at, oh, this is what you're saying, blah, 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 and like building it, like painting the picture for them. They have an idea, they have feelings and thoughts, putting it together in a way that's like, this is what you want, boom, boom, boom is something that my first year in business, I took for granted. And because I took it for granted, I, I say it this way, I prostituted my gift. Like I was just kind of giving it out everywhere. And I had to learn, like, actually that's a part of my ruler. Like that's a part of who I am and how I show up and it's valuable. And while I am kind and I love to share, it, it can't be for free. I, I don't, I don't just talk to you and give you these ideas for free. There has to be something in it. Yeah. Um, collaboration where we're working together on something, or if I'm consulting, then you're paying me like valuing the, the smarts, I guess, of like, this is how my mind works and not everybody can do this. Um, that was the first thing I had to learn mm-hmm. and I'm glad I learned it early. Wow. There's a lot of good, good golden nuggets in there. (laughs) I love that, that, you know, like, okay, so prostituting your gifts. I think this is something that uh, across the board, a a lot of, especially coaches I'll say struggle with because, you know, we have that big heart and you want to serve. So it's like attaching money to it is where some people get really stuck, you know, and, and it's, yeah. Realizing when you're, when you're so, you know, people listening, it's like in quotes, naturally good at something <laughs> you tend mm-hmm. to overlook your gift because it mm-hmm. just comes easily to you and you don't realize it. So then it's, to me, it sounds like you're, it's owning that expert hat and putting it on and going like, Oh no, this is what I am good at. This is what I need to get paid for. There's that equivalent exchange of going, I'll bring to the table all my gifts, and, but you're going to bring to the table investment through your money. And yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. What would you tell yourself, you know, day one that, you know, now what's another tip there? Pace yourself. Uh, that's the second thing. Pace yourself. When I really, maybe 30 days before I resigned from my job and was like, you know, what, I, I want to do this coaching thing. I'm, I'm good at it. I know that I can consult. I know that I've got all these skills and like degrees and all that kind of stuff. I can do this. The pace at which I like shot out the block was like, <laughs> like I'm doing this. Yeah. And then there was burnout and there was confusion in my business at one point in time, because I wasn't clear because I, because what I found too, as many coaches and, and authors and speakers, like they're very multifaceted. They can do many things. And because you can do many things doesn't, just because you can, doesn't mean you should. So like year one was like, stop prostituting your gift. Year two was just because you can does not mean you should. That those were like, (laughs) that's the lesson of like, what are the things that like, ultimately you get to choose and decide. And so for me, I spent a lot of time actually pulling back and going, this is the pace at which I can build a sustainable business that doesn't center around me because ultimately that's always been my vision was to have a business and I'm like the headliner, right? But I'm not doing it all or like, I'm I'm not at the center of it and I'm equipping other people to join me on the journey so that it's sustainable. Yeah, 
Well, yeah. And that, you know, that idea of not having your business just be a prison that you create where you're a slave to your work. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Because I did it for the, I mean, I was in a prison in my job, Yeah, like emotionally and just, it was terrible. And I was like, I don't, I don't want to live my life that way. I want to enjoy it. Yeah. And I have, I'm married. I have two children. Like, yeah, I don't want to be a public success and a private failure. That yeah. was never the goal either. Yeah. Okay. I love this one. I mean, pacing yourself. I think that that's so powerful because, you know, there's a lot of talk around like the hustle and, you know, my business name is NFA coaching, no fucking around coaching. And it's like, right. I'm serious about what I do. And I'm in my second year of business. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm learning to pace myself <laughs> yes. because you could, I, especially for me now, my kids are older and I, I'm, I'm in a relationship, but, the, but we don't live together. So it's like, I could work all day long and all night long. If I didn't set boundaries around that pacing of myself, you know, and going like, Oh, flow, ease, joy, like taking breaks, slow, you know, slowing down a little slowing bit. Down. So this has been a big lesson for me this year, for sure, as well. in in my second year of business, um, what would you say has catalyzed your business the fastest, like your, your profits, what has helped you in that area the most? Two things. The first is my offerings are limited. So it's like, you can work with me as a private client. You can work with me in my group. And then I have a whole corporate, like, this is what I do for corporate training, but that's it. Like it's not, it's like either your private client at this level and we can work out the terms and the payments to help you get, like, if you want it, this is what you're going to get. And it's just the difference of the cash flow that that's being brought in mm -hmm. or you're working with me in a group. Okay. Before, when I first started, I thought I had to have a lot of different offerings to like make sure that people had a choice. And then I realized they're not choosing, like, this is crazy. I'm confused. So now it's, it's, it's two options. It's one of two things. Yeah. And, and then, and what that does is allows me to have conversations with people about the money because ultimately the VAP it's, I'm priceless. There's only one Roshana price. There's only right. There's that's it. And all of my experiences, the good, the bad, the ugly, the degrees, the, the corporations I've worked for all of that. When, when we're in a coaching session, you're getting all of that. Yeah. And so that's worth something. So, and it, you don't have to have it all up front, but you got to be willing to do the investment. Yeah. And if you are, I am. And so that's what's changed a lot in my business. Yeah. Would you say, so it's funny because I, this is my second podcast recording today and the, the oh. last episode similar, she said, you know, we were, she's a digital marketer and she was talking about how powerful it is to have even one offer. <laughs> like what is the offer that you're guiding everyone towards the one offer? Because we tend to, in the beginning, take on way too much. And just like you were saying, you know, we are multifaceted, high driven, highly driven people who have a lot of credentials, potentially a lot of experience, mm -hmm. a wealth of knowledge. And so it's really easy to want to create a million things. It's been a hard, it's been a very hard thing for me in my business because I love creating, I love creation and I love, mm -hmm. you know, that part of creating a new course and a new this and a new that. And I would agree, like the more that you get fine tuned on what you're selling, the easier it is to talk about people know what you're broadcasting, you know, your target audience, it's yes. just, it gets easier and easier and easier when you narrow down. Yeah, it does. 
ultimately people look at like if they go on LinkedIn or see something about me they're like oh my god you do all these things I really don't yeah I do I do two things I speak and I coach yeah and I'm either speaking as a keynote or I'm doing a training or I'm coaching people and even I have a radio show on iHeartRadio and I'm still speaking like it's still like I do two things I speak and I coach yeah yeah Uh, that's awesome um I'm curious for you along that journey, when, when did you go group? Because I think for a lot of people here listening, a lot of, a lot of people are coaches. A lot of the, my listeners are coaches, mostly all entrepreneurs. It could be from various different entrepreneurial backgrounds, but let's say in the coaching industry, um, you know, at what point do you think it's smart for people to pivot toward having a group? I had a group right away. Okay. So I actually used my group to funnel into my private. Coaching. Okay. Yeah. It's interesting. It. Yeah. Okay. It's interesting. Cause some people say like, go one, one to one, one to many, one to few, one to many. Some people yeah. go the opposite direction. I, I think group coaching, like I love group coaching because there's so much value in everyone learning from each other in that, in that setting. So that's awesome. Okay. Yeah. That's how I started. Yeah. Like it yeah. was, um, I, so I think you have to know yourself. That's what I would say to anyone that's, that's, starting and when I'm working with clients that are building a business, I'm like, where, where are you the most confident? And where that is, start. Yeah. Don't, don't hem and haw it, just start. Because once you start, you'll, you'll be able to refine it how you need to. Yeah, it, it's so true. It's like, oh, it, it's telling people, uh, go with what you know and let what you know grow because that's what you're already taking action in. And it's like, why it's, it's wild to watch. And I know, cause I've had a history of this, it, you know, it hasn't been since I started my business, but before that it was like kind of letting other people's ideas shape what you do because mm-hmm. you've been told that that's what could work. And, and I see it in certain areas of business where sometimes let's say even, you know, you're told you've got to be on every social media platform. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. And then it just gets so overwhelming that you don't even enjoy what you're doing anymore because your focus is so scattered. So, you know, it's like, I think that's such valuable information. It's just know yourself. So for everyone listening, you know, if you're, if you're stuck in this place where you're going, like, I have way too much going on. I have way too much out there. Narrow your focus to expand your freedom. That's an episode Mm -hmm. you can go back and listen to, you know, narrow your focus and start to really look at what are my good at? What am I already doing? What are people already attracted to? What are already my money makers and expand that. And that, yeah, yep. really, yep. really less yeah. is more and you'll be able, and then you'll see it grow because sometimes when you have so much, you're like, well, I don't know what's growing. Yeah. Too much and to so, track. Too much to track. Yeah. Absolutely. Will you share, um, in your services, do you, what do you mostly work with people on? Do you work with mostly companies or do you work with individuals or both? Both. I do okay. both. So private clients run the gamut of entrepreneurs to business leaders. The commonality is that they're in some way searching for that inner strength. So they've had either, they've been bullied, they've had conflict, uh, they've had to resign from jobs, positions, those kinds of things. And now they're ready to heal and move forward. Okay. So that's the commonality there. Um, And then when it comes to companies and organizations, they know or are becoming aware that they have conflict or bullying. And now, especially that also falls into the diversity and equity and inclusion conversation. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So people know you as like, 
the conflict resolution bullying coach, adult yes, bullying. Yes. Yeah. Adult bullying. Yep. That's right. Yep. In and the workplace. So in the workplace and beyond. Yep. So that's kind of how I talk about it. It's the conflict, adult bullying and conflict resolution specialist. And the outcome of that is this awesomeness. Like that's what people experience is like, oh, I have awesomeness or this organization's like, we have awesomeness. We got to get it together. It's like, okay. yes, and you can. Yeah. So yeah. such a unique, I mean, I think there's of course conflict resolution coaches, but just the adult bullying piece. And then, and it's interesting because I run into so many coaches and I don't, there aren't that many conflict resolution coaches actually. I mean, I think that we're all working toward resolving conflict, but it's like those interpersonal dynamics that that show up within yourself because, you know, it's like that those outer relationships are affecting you and, and it just keeps this dance going. So it's like such an important topic and such a great way to change the world. So thank you. Um, will you share your top three max potential habits that you believe got you where you are today? Yes. So the first is what is coined as the 20 mile March. It's actually from the book, Great by Choice by Jim Collins. And so the 20 mile march that I implemented in my business was actually going live on Facebook every day. I go live at least once a day, either in my group, on my personal page, on someone else's page that they've invited me to. Building the no like, and trust factor on a platform. I chose Facebook. It was, it was the one that I just like it the best. And you don't always have to have a picture like on Instagram. So that's kind of, and that, that has built my business and my group faster than anything else. And it's allowed me to have content expansion. So for all of the entrepreneurs out there that are like, how do I get content? It's like, well, you are content, you have it, it's, it's in you. And ultimately the business and who I am, my, my corporate business is called Erie Success. And that's the umbrella under which all of this lives is still, they're still a person and people wanna know that. So that's the tip number two is know you so that you can put you out there, not a version of you or a persona of you, but you. So I've closed deals, had gotten private clients paying me thousands of dollars in my sweatshirts that I like to wear and in jeans, right? Like sometimes no makeup, you have makeup on, I have makeup on today, you know, my hair is barely done. It doesn't have to be that. Yeah. Because what you have, especially if you're a coach, is internal. It's yeah. internal. Yes, yeah. it's got to look some, you know, like I do take fancy pictures and all of that. However, you don't have to have that to have a business. And sometimes yeah. people get wrapped up in that. So yeah. the first thing was Facebook Lives. The second thing was showing up naturally as, as myself, like no version of it. And then the last thing is getting really clear and every day, putting content out there in some way, shape or form in terms of writing either for someone else or for myself. Because when I, what I found is when I practice putting my voice out there in written form, it expands beyond, it just expands beyond period. Like I have no idea sometimes when people are like, oh, I saw your quote that you gave to somebody else or I saw what you wrote in this magazine or this art. And I'm like, I had no idea. Yeah. I love it when that happens. It trickles back and you're like, I don't even remember saying or writing that. Right. Like, oh. Yeah. That's so fun. Yeah. Yeah. 
so those anyway, would be the three. Yeah, yeah, those are incredible tips. I want to I want to dig in a little bit to Facebook sure. Lives because I've never done a Facebook Live that I know of with other people, but not my own. I don't think. <laughs> and so I like I I'm on Instagram and LinkedIn and LinkedIn Live. I've applied, but they you know it's like you have to keep applying, and they they don't ask they don't invite everyone yet. So we'll see what happens. But I'm curious for you: Do you do Facebook Lives on your personal or your business page? Um, both on my personal page, the most, okay. because the Facebook algorithm yeah. values the person to person. Yeah. So I go live on my personal page every day. I go live in my group three times a week. And then I have a business page and I go live there once a week. Cause that's at the bottom of the algorithm. Okay. Wow. And do you, so when you say every day, you're talking every day, not just, not just weekdays, like every single day every single day i've wow. missed one i missed one day so after after my friend was murdered and passed away uh that friday so it was on a wednesday by friday after taking care of her surviving son i did not go live i didn't have i had nothing yeah uh, but yeah. that's the only day that i've missed and how long it'll be a year holy moly that's incredible wow that's yeah. amazing yeah that and blows, people look kind of blows it. my mind. <laughs> <laughs> you, should, you should do it. The thing that yeah. happens and for everybody listening out there is ultimately building the, the no like, and trust. Those are the three things that I'm like, everybody wants to like, be like, do I know you? Yeah. Do I like you. Can yeah. I trust you? Everybody's asking those questions, whether they know it or not on some level. And what I found with going live is that ultimately, even if I come on and there are some days I'm like, I don't guys, I'm here, I'm excited, or it's Thursday, I don't know what I'm gonna talk about, but I'm here, I'm showing up. There are people that are in that same place in their life yeah. going, that's exactly how I feel. Like, yeah. I'm here today, I don't know what it is. And it's real. And so then when people see the videos, when they're ready or they're looking for someone, I'm top of mind, not because, oh, like, I heard about her. It's like, well, no, like she kind of shows up in my feed and sometimes she's like lifting weights and sweaty or like she's just come from a run and other times she's got makeup on and she's like, the other day I was crinkling tin foil, aluminum foil as my mother's from the South. So she calls it tin foil. So sometimes I do, but I was crinkling aluminum foil yesterday online saying, if you're feeling confused or unsure of your emotions, this is what I do. Sometimes I'll get aluminum foil and I'll crinkle it up because I'm kinesthetic and I like that feeling and then I kind of smooth it out and it helps me process my feelings so I was just sharing that and people were like that's great yeah I'm look for some aluminum foil yeah yeah I love this I mean it's really that concept of just like documenting as you go instead of thinking you need to come up with some brilliant idea every time you go online you know yeah. and I love it because it is so I mean the reason it's blowing my mind is because I'm yeah I'm like I do releases all the time but they're not live and it's and it's it's not I don't think I'm afraid of doing live I'm just my brain hasn't geared in that direction, but I'm, you're inspiring me. I'm sitting here thinking, oh, that could be a fun, a fun quest to oh, see what yes. happens and let it unfold and, and play with it some. So, you know what, I love that the inspiration there is like, be playful in your business and be real. 
you know, and it's like, I'm definitely real in my business and I, and I'm playful in my own ways, but it's like connecting with people. I had, I've had a weird block with Facebook. I don't know why I just, I've never been a Facebooker person. So yeah. it's like, I've only used my business page and I just post there, but I, there's really no engagement because I'm mm -hmm. not really engaged with it. <laughs> and, and so, so do it on Instagram. Yeah. That's your yeah. platform. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. fun. Such a great idea. I'm so excited. Yeah. Yes. Tag me. Like I'm on, I'm on the gram, not a lot, but yeah. tag yeah. you for awesomeness. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Oh, it's been so fun to have a conversation with you. Thank you. Will you share? I know people are going to want your book and then share where they can find your book and find you and just connect with you, watch your lives, potentially yes. work together. Give us that info. Absolutely. So be a giver of awesomeness, the book is on Amazon. So you can go to amazon.com, just search giver of awesomeness. It will come right up. I try to make it easy. The same is true on Facebook and Instagram at giver of awesomeness is how you can find me. And on LinkedIn, I am on LinkedIn as Roshana Price. Awesome. Giver yes. of awesomeness is awesome. <laughs> it's one of my favorite words of all time. So yes, <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. Really, you brought a ton of value. It's been a really fun conversation and you've given a lot of tips and just insights and perspectives. And thank you for taking the time to be here. I mean, I know for, I think it's funny for people listening. If you're a podcaster, you know what goes into creating a podcast. And it's like us putting in our time, our energy, our wealth of knowledge to serve all of you so that you can thrive. So thank you for taking the time to share with the Max Potential Habits community. I'm sure they're going to get a lot out of it. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yes. All right, everyone. Thank you for another week of being here. I've so enjoyed this conversation. I'm sure you have to connect for sure with Roshana on all of her feeds, listen to her lives, read her book, lots of value. And I will be back next week with more tips, tools, and inspirational interviews for you. Until then, have a max potential week where you thrive and feel alive. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Max Potential Habits podcast. If you're liking what you've heard, it would be so incredibly awesome if you would subscribe to the channel and leave a five-star rating and a written review. This helps me help more people while we grow our NFA community so we can rock it out together. For Max Potential Habits resources, go to nfacoaching.com where you can access all of my resources. There's free eBooks, PDF checklists, a journal template, a business mindset meditation kit, and so much more. Plus links to NFA coaching on Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, and Facebook. And if you're super serious about up-leveling, there's also a link to schedule a free consult to work with me in group or one-on-one -on -one coaching. Until next time, I hope you have a Max Potential Habits Day where you get inspired to do whatever it takes to transform into the most empowered version of yourself so you can lead a rich, thriving, kick-ass life and business.